Hello and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Scott in Toronto and joining me, as always, Catherine Moore. Catherine, Happy New Year. How's it going? Happy New Year, Scott. It's going good. Uh, it's a balmy zero degrees in Wisconsin today, oh, so we are just living, loving, laughing through this polar <laughs> vortex or whatever they call it. But how are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. It is cold here, but it's not that cold, so I really, <laughs> truly yeah. cannot complain. This is why we do not live in the Midwest. This is why you should not live yeah, in the Midwest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I don't know, if it, is it too late to say Happy New Year? We haven't done an episode. On the pod, so... it's not in real life. I just, I definitely okay. could be a side if you said it. <laughs> I just think about like that Curb Your Enthusiasm clip where he's like, eh, it's, it's too yeah. late. The window's gone. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, we have on the pod today uh, indie artist Tiffy, whose new album So Serious came out in November, and uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to her about her album and the song pick, which is genuinely one of my favorites that has been on the podcast. Yeah. It's such a cool interview, but I don't think you like gushed enough about how much you actually love Fountains of Wayne. I, um, yeah. Like, no, I think you did, but... That's like a very big deal to talk about Fountains of Wayne, I feel like, on this podcast for you. Yeah, maybe we'll do more in the outro. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. But <laughs> but before we get to that, we have so much catching up to do. What have you been listening to? Oh, yeah. What a good question. I've been making some progress on my journey of the Rolling Stone Top 500 Albums of All Time that they put out in 2020. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think I'm at 480-something, but going through the Phil Spector, like... They, they have these compilation albums on there, which I think is a little bit yeah. cheating because they don't actually look on Spotify. They're not actually compilations. They're literal, like, pulling from the Teddy Bears and Darling Love and, like, all these artists, like, albums and putting it oh, into, like, a playlist that's, like, the compilation album. So, like, love to hear the Phil Spector work, but, like... It's uh, it's like three hours and 27 minutes. And I think that's like cheating Whoa. to put that down for like your favorite album. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, the yeah. other one that I listened to and loved that I've never listened to before is Bonnie Wright's Nick of Time. I've heard um, covers of Nick of Time and I was surprised at how many were familiar. But Bonnie Wright, like she's pretty cool. So that was wow. a lot of fun. Nice. Anything else outside the list that you've been digging? <laughs> Hits Different by Taylor Swift has just been on constant repeat. Perennial. I just, right, yeah. I would just like to share it with people that if you are on the fence about Taylor Swift or haven't heard Hits Different yet, like that's a good one to give a try. It's a very good song. So yeah, still on the rotation. So nice. So what about you in the past few weeks? What have you been listening to? Yeah, you know, the start of the year is always a little weird because there's not a lot of new stuff coming out. I had picked for one of our greatest songs of the week, the new Lemon Twigs yes. song, which I really loved um, and sort of caused me to go back to that album, which I did. I think I shouted it out as an honorable mention on our end of the year yeah. episode, but honestly, maybe it should have been higher on my list. And so I've been going back and listening to a lot of their stuff. If you like the sort of 60s Phil Spector-y kind of stuff. They do that mm -hmm. and, and a kind of Brian Wilson thing mixed with, you know, 70s soft rock and yacht rock and really too many chord changes and it's all kind of like ridiculous in a fun way. And I, I learned, I, I sort of knew it, but I didn't dig into it, um, that they're 
dad, because it's two brothers in the band, and their dad was actually also a musician, and he released a couple albums in the 70s, and then mostly became like a touring musician, studio musician. Oh. But, so I've been listening to his albums, Ronnie Diodario, and they're... I, it's so funny because they sound exactly the same yeah. as the, like, you know, because they're doing like a retro pastiche kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so, the jeans are strong um, too. I bet. I bet yeah. it even just is like, who am I listening to right now? The Lemming Twigs? Exactly. Or? <laughs> yeah. So that's been cool. And the other thing is um, I do another podcast with Tristan Miller, a comedian who is on our first episode of okay. this podcast. Uh, they host a Randy Newman podcast that I've sort of become a co-host on where we're talking about all the Randy Newman albums. We're very close to the end. We have two studio albums left, and then we're going to go back and do like a bunch of his movies that he wrote songs for. Oh. And so uh, I've been listening to a lot of Randy Newman again, which is always great. And if you are interested, you know, find... You got a friend of me, a Randy Newman podcast. I love that title. What's like a <laughs> besides Toy Story? What's like a, a movie he's written music for? That yeah, that he he wrote all the songs in James and the Giant Peach. Oh. He actually wrote the screenplay for Three Amigos, the you know Chevy Chase Martin Short oh, movie. Wow. He wrote the songs for Princess and the Pea, or what is, what is it called? The Disney movie Princess and the Frog. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Oh, that, that does ring a bell. Yeah, cool. And so, yeah, so a bunch of them, and we're going to, I don't know, we're going to figure out the best way to cover those movies. So, so he's like the Lin-Manuel Miranda of his time, basically. <laughs> people have been saying that, yeah. <laughs> Lots that, <right>? of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So let's get into a little bit of what our audience has been listening to. They, As you yeah. guys know, you can submit songs that you've been listening to. We ask every Friday, what's your favorite song of the week? So we have a couple picks Anthony suggested Mall Rat by Jury. Um, we have our friend Angela, Woman Is, from the new musical Lempica. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I, I think so. It's like based on a Polish artist. Yeah, I've um, never heard of this. I don't know anything music- about yeah, this. Yeah, I've never heard of this musical. And I know like some of my friends are streets ahead of me in terms of Broadway musicals and musical theater, but um, it, I just never heard of it. And it was a, it was a great song. Yeah, I think it's uh, coming to Broadway this this spring. Oh, wow. So, and she's really on Angela's top of it. Really, yeah, yeah, she's on top of it. <laughs> and Marissa <laughs> suggested... My Chick Bad by Ludacris and Nikki. So we had some good. Honestly, what a classic. Throwbacks, yeah. some new songs. <laughs> I love the new to me songs that I'm like, I should add this to a playlist. So yeah, appreciate everyone suggesting those songs and keep it coming. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, I think we should get right over to our interview with Tiffy. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you're based in Boston. Did you grow up in Boston? I did not. I grew up in California. I was born in San Diego and I lived there for a while and then moved to L.A. when I was like 11 and I lived there until I was 15. And then I moved to the East Coast to just south of Boston. And then that's where I've kind of just been ever since is just this area Cool. Do you have, you know, any specific memories of hearing music back when you were in Southern California that like stood out to you as as really formative? Oh, totally. I feel like my musical 
identities like based in California. I would be just like a different person if I didn't grow up in Southern California. I'm very influenced by like, you know, early 90s, late 90s rock and 2000s rock and listening to the radio, listening to music videos and like also just going to like punk shows and ska shows out here. And it just, it was just different. I say out here, like I'm still living there, but it's just different. Um, And I also like, you know, like surf culture, like the Beach Boys go crazy for that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, I love California yeah. music and I love the, that kind of stereotypical sound. Were there people that you were sort of getting your music from? Like, do you have someone that you would really connect to early on with your music? Yeah, me and my sister, we would just like discover and listen to stuff a lot. Like my parents kind of listen to music, but like they always just had like the radio on. So that's how we would just hear stuff. Mm-hmm. But they liked a lot of like classic rock. And like, I know it wasn't, we didn't like gravitate to that. So me and my sister would just listen to the radio, turn it to like these underground stations, these alt stations that were playing like X and Black Flag and stuff. And then yeah. we just started getting into there like, what is this? And, and we noticed, you know, other people our age were listening to that too. And then doing like punk stuff, like throwing shows and going to house shows and stuff like that. Or I feel like it was it was a combination of like me and my sister and then like my friends at school. Like we had this kind of underground side, but we also all really liked the popular stuff that was on the radio, like My Chemical Romance and Green Day. So it was kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> kind of all these different things. Do you remember like a band that you really got into and kind of like if you were listening to your Walkman or iPod or whatever you have, what was probably playing? Like, what was your kind of foray into that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, me and my friends and my sisters, we would make, like, cassette tapes <laughs> for each other. It's fun. We'd have, like, David Bowie on there. Um, I was, like, really into changes when I was in, like, middle school. I'd listen to that, um, like, yeah. 20 times a day. Just yeah. My cassette tape. <laughs> yeah. Um. David Bowie, The Clash, The Ramones. I was super into The Ramones when I was first getting into music. You know, it's like fast and loud and free. So I identify yeah, with totally. it. <laughs> yeah. So when did you start thinking that you wanted to make music yourself? When I was 11. I mean, I've always like liked music from like a young age, but I feel like I got obsessive mm-hmm. with it around that time. And then I saw the movie School of Rock and I was like, I have to play. Oh, yeah. I have to learn how to play guitar. So then I did. <laughs> That's awesome. That's such a great origin story. I love that. Yeah. And it's been my inspiration since. <laughs> and so was that that was before you moved over to the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Um did you feel like things were different when you got here in terms of like what you were listening to, what you were trying to play? Did you, you know start bands when you were in high school and that kind of thing? Yeah. I I mean, even when I was like in middle school, I started bands with my friends. Like we just, (laughs) we had this like all girl ska punk band is super funny. Um, (laughs) And like, and then I just form other bands with my friends. And then like when I moved out to the East coast, it was a little bit different. People just didn't like as much like eighties punk hardcore i know they like emo more yeah. it's more emo on the east coast hardcore emo yeah but i still found people that 
likes gone stuff and then we started getting over ska music as we got older in our high school career and became more sensitive and started listening to radiohead and indie rock so and then i formed indie rock fans with my friends i always seem to find the people to do it with but it's definitely different culturally music wise across the coast when you were writing these songs, like, were there particular songwriters or bands that you were really trying to emulate as a songwriter? Yeah, I feel like I'm really inspired by other songwriters and musicians. And I think about, like, I hear this thing in that song and this thing I'm doing is kind of like that. But I always want to, like, change it. Like, when mm-hmm. sometimes when I listen to songs, I'm listening to something, I'm like, oh, I love this, but this is how I would do it. And so I'm just going to go oh, yeah. go and kind of do that. With this album and, like, with this project, a lot of artists I was, like, really inspired by are, like, J-Som, mm-hmm. Speedy Ortiz, Pavement. But I don't think, like, I don't think any of my songs sound anything like Pavement, but I'm heavily inspired by how they write songs. So Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's like you're always going to interpret ideas through your own sort of, you know, aesthetic and vision and and your own talents and stuff. So it's always going to sound like you. you yeah, know? totally. I don't try to sound like people. So as you're putting a project like Tiffy together, writing the songs for it, um, are you thinking about how it's going to sound live? And how does that live musical experience kind of play into it for you? Yeah, the live component is a huge part of this project. And it's been interesting. When when I first started it five years ago now, I just started with a few songs that I was like writing at the time. And I didn't have a full band, but I wanted to just like play shows and it had been a little bit like I've always played music but I haven't been like a front person so that was like a new experience for me and I just like I knew I needed to just do it and get practice doing it so I booked shows when like I wasn't ready and I just started with like me and my friend Pat playing guitar and then we just had like a drum machine and it was just like two guitars and me singing and drum machine and then just like over the years we've just added a band together and the last couple years it's been a pretty steady live lineup. Yeah, well, actually, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit more about your album that you released recently, uh, So Serious. What can you tell us about, you know, more specifically? Yeah, So Serious is a record and it's about social relationships and losing people, losing friendships and fighting against yourself and navigating the internet and digital landscapes pretty much yeah i write everything and i compose everything and then i i usually have it out in some kind of demo form and then i had my band play a lot more stuff on this album uh, which i haven't had in previous eps and like singles i i would just kind of like lone wolf everything but um this this time (laughs) My band helped out a lot, which was really cool. And we went into a studio to do drums, which we hadn't done before. And that was really fun. And we got to do some guitars in the studio. And then I did everything else at home and, and mixed everything, but it was mastered by a mastering engineer. So there's a lot of steps and new things, but but it was cool. It's cool. I'm happy with how it all came out. Nice. The album's out, and I hope people keep listening to it. <laughs> yeah, everyone should everyone should go listen to it yeah. after we finish the episode. Yeah. All right, well, Tiffany, that brings us to our next point. What is the song that makes you scream, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> this life? This is the greatest song. This was, a, this was a hard pick, but 
I I really love this song, Hack and Sack by Fountains of Wayne. But I will wait for you as long as I need to. And if you ever I think it is one of the greatest songs ever. I think of all the songs that have been picked, this my, I think this honestly is my favorite <laughs> one that anyone has picked. So or at least at least this is like the one that I would most likely have yeah. picked myself, you know? Nice. <laughs> when did this come into your life? When Do you remember hearing this for the first time? I feel like I've, I've probably heard it, like, sometime in the early 2000s, but didn't think anything of it, and, like, it didn't stick. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I heard it again, maybe, like, a few years ago, I, I always, that's when I really heard it, you know, for the first time. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, wow, just taken by the whole song, everything going on yeah i find that the lyrical i mean on so many of Mm. the founds of wayne songs but in this song in particular the sort of storytelling quality of the lyrics is so interesting and it just has this kind of subtlety and uh emotional vulnerability while also like kind of being funny um they're very good at that and it just fits the music so perfectly yeah it's just it's really it's really special. Yeah, I think the they really made me appreciate songwriting as a craft. Mm-hmm. And then this song is so funny, yet so tender and beautiful and like nostalgic. And I, I love that Hackensack is like, Hackensack is like the dumbest name for a town. I think that is like the dumbest <laughs> name for a city to live in. And like, they, I just feel like if you are from Hackensack, New Jersey. People will probably give you like crap your whole life for like Hackensack. That's like sounds like a crap hole. Right. <laughs> it yeah. just I'm sure it like it it sounds like a terrible city. And then I just love that it's like now this like romantic like you can just have like, you know, nostalgic for this place you're from and this place you're living and it's romanticized and um and it's rhymed so well with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like a ridiculous rhyme, yet it's like, it works so well. Yeah. Like it's- I was struck by how simple it was. I um, haven't done a deep dive into this entire record probably since the early 2000s and just wasn't as familiar with this song. And so hearing and listening back to how just kind of like understated a little bit in terms of like how I view the songwriters, Fountains of Wayne, you know, some of their more popular songs and that sort of thing. And so this one is very like, you know, you can picture the story from start to end almost, Mm -hmm. at least I can when I listen to it, but it's still like driven by the chorus, which is very standard as the standard chorus. And then the verses are just um, a little bit gut wrenching and, you know, kind of paints that picture really well. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's about that feeling of like being stuck in your hometown and never getting out. But he, the, the narrator is also like kind of delusional, mm-hmm. you know, addressing this, this person who did get out and became famous. And he's like, oh, yeah, we were right, friends. Right. Like, what, you know, they, I'm sure they were not. Right. There was no romantic chemistry ever between yeah. them. But he's like, thinking oh yeah like you know how about you come back to Hackensack I'm here waiting you know and it's very sad (laughs) totally there's so many layers in this like like you said simple understated song Catherine and like and that's what I love about I think this one makes it such a great song and those are some of the best songs but there is not like super 
have, there's not all these crazy production things, right? It's very simple, repeating chord progression and the melody so clear and like the rhyming is like too perfect. And it just is, I don't know, it all works and it has all these emotional layers to it. And yeah. Yeah. I do also, you know, just want to shout out more. So, you know, Anders Schlesinger, one of the co primary songwriters of Founds of Wayne who wrote this song, uh, passed away at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, from COVID, and he's just like one of my all-time favorite songwriters. He wrote That Thing You Do from mm-hmm. the film That Thing You Do and uh, wrote the songs on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with Rachel Bloom and and so many other incredible things. And uh, I always just get sad thinking about yeah. him because <laughs> he was pretty young uh, when he passed. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. And his work is really prolific and profound. Um, and it was always kind of interesting too, cause I didn't, I was late to the Fountains of Wayne party and I mm-hmm. just got into them the last three years ago, you know, right around when he died. And, um, yeah, it was, it, it blew my mind when I found out about that thing you do as well. Cause I saw that movie when I was like super young too, maybe like 10 or yeah. nine. And that also movie also made me like love music too. It's like the catchiest yeah. song in the world. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Kind of like. Uh, yeah, it's just a perfect 60s pop mm-hmm. song, and he like he could kind Nailed of do it. anything. Yeah. yeah. We also maybe need to take a detour to talk about, I don't know if, Tiffany, you've heard the Katy Perry cover of this. She did oh, an MTV. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I have heard it. It's so it's good. It's so Katy Perry because mm-hmm. she has a very specific way of singing, but yeah. it's also like a shot-for-shot shot, like copy of it, mm-hmm. like in her own way. It's like very interesting how balanced it is because... Yeah. Even though it's from an unplugged session, she could have made it poppier or like yeah, the instrumentation right. could have been poppier. But I listened to them back to back and it was like, no, it's like a copy mm-hmm. of it, except you can tell it's getting yeah. very singing. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like hard to sort of remember, but this was from her time where she was much more of like, not like a a rock girly, but like she was much less pop Mm. then, you know? So this kind of did fit into her sort of sound, even though, you know, it was kind of a weird choice for her. And it like comes on the album right after You're So Gay, which is... You know, is one of her songs that has not aged very well. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of her songs, some of her songs have not. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about this incredible song and all of your music and everything that you're up to. Uh, If people would like to find you online and and listen to your album, where should they go? TiffyMusic.com has links to all the all the stuff it's on Bandcamp, spotify apple music youtube all the places instagram twitter <laughs> we don't like facebook anymore or x yeah, yeah it's not such a music platform yeah <laughs> but yeah awesome. i'm on the internet check it out listen to so serious listen to fountains of wayne <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll talk more soon. Thank you. All right, 
so Catherine, what did you think about that? Uh, that was such a fun episode. She's such a cool artist, and it was great to talk about Hack and Sack and really like dig into that. I haven't um, listened to that a lot, but obviously there's a lot of lore behind that album and that song, so it was really fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm <laughs> I'm very glad that you brought up the Katy Perry yeah. version because you know what? People need to know. <laughs> and it's people it's just such I just find it so interesting how people treat covers of songs and songs like that when that's not I don't know. I just didn't think that was like a super popular yeah, song totally. to be covered. Like it's not like a She didn't cover Stacey's <laughs> yeah, or yeah. or whatever. So yeah, I thought that was just a really interesting treatment of it too. Yeah. And like you said at the beginning of this episode, you know, Fountains of Wayne is a really important band mm-hmm. to me. They're one of my all-time favorite bands. I, you know, talked a little bit in the interview about how important Adam Schlesinger is mm-hmm. to me. I also just want to shout out Chris Collingwood, the lead singer of the band and co-writer of of most of these songs because I feel like he he can sometimes get overshadowed by Adam because Adam does all these other things. So I just want to shout out Chris. We love you. Come, Come on, on the, the pod. pod. <laughs> he, he he has another uh, solo project now that is also great, and I got to see him live a couple years ago. Nice. And, you know, they they just write great songs, and they're funny and smart, and uh, you know, Fountains yeah. of Wayne. Yeah, good stuff. Awesome song to talk about. I think that's gonna make it into the 2024 wrap up when we pick our favorite picks from artists but we'll see we i might be i don't know maybe they'll throw in some call me maybe or something and then you'll you'll have no choice (laughs) (laughs) if you want to follow us online you can find us on instagram twitter and tiktok at great song pod that's gr number eight song pod um send us an email at great song pod gr number eight song pod at gmail.com Send us your favorite songs, send us your reactions to the episode, anything. We'd love to hear from you. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for helping me co-produce the show and do these interviews. I want to give a special shout out to Izzy for the help with mixing, to Roger for the podcast art, to Skylar Spence, whose song Kratos and Love is our theme music, and to you, the listener, for listening. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.